0: This is Paul Schneierman today on the 51st edition of Sports and Stuff on Rainier Avenue Radio. I have a very special guest today, Andy Bunker. Andy's currently a sports radio host in Atlanta, Georgia. Before I go further with a little bit more of an introduction of Andy, uh, I'll get back to him in a minute. I want to go through some housekeeping things here at Rainier Avenue Radio. I want to recognize my engineer today, Daniel Billis. Daniel's also the host of the Fresh Juice Show at Rainier Avenue Radio. We have a lot of good things going on at Rainier Avenue Radio. We're on the World Wide Web based in Seattle at rainieravenueradio.world. Our sports department has a whole bunch of good hosts. Rick Dupree, Granville Emerson, and Ronald Laurent host a show, Lidline Sports. Mazvita Marari hosts a show in the Seattle Sports called Sales Sports Weekly. Pat McCarthy, Mazvita, co host a show in the Seattle uh, Metro Sports Conference. Uh, Mark Bryant has a fitness based show, Fitness Corner. Juan Coto and Michael Brazi also host a show. So Andy, let me uh, give you more of an introduction. Andy Bunker's a gentleman who has risen very far in the sports media industry. Andy, as noted is currently a sports radio host. I believe the station is at 92.9 the game in Atlanta, Andy? Yeah, that's right, Paul. Okay. Uh, Andy's a University Washington graduate. Uh, I believe he's a Seattle native. I think you went to Franklin, right, Andy?
1: That's right. I did. Yeah. Franklin Quakers, man. to uh, the class of
0: 2003. Yeah, I remember you sharing that with me a long time ago. And Andy's uh, had a l- really good career in the media business. He worked as a talk show host in Seattle, Portland, uh, did some work in Boston. Andy's also now married. Graduated University of Washington with a bachelor's degree in communications. And in 2014, he received a Master of Science in Broadcast Journalism from Boston University. Uh, I remember meeting you, Andy, back in the 2007, 2008 days when I was getting called occasionally a comment on some of the Sonics legal sports issues. You you were at KJR in those days, and you were always a gentleman when you were uh, working with me then, and you were a producer in those days in KJR. It's a lot of fun, Andy, to see you progress. I mean, now years later, you have an advanced degree, and you're a talk show host in a major market. So it's been fun to see you uh, as the years go on, Andy, really uh, see your career get going so well. Um, Today we're going to have a good conversation with Andy about his career, sports some sports industry broadcasting matters, maybe a little Atlanta sports scene, and I think we'll have fun. And, Andy, I really appreciate coming on uh, sports and stuff on Rainier Avenue Radio. Well,
1: I appreciate you having me on, Paul. It's cool. Um, I, I love the name of the radio station in the first place, being that uh, going to Franklin High School right on Rainier Avenue, and I grew up just a couple blocks off Rainier Avenue down uh, in Hillman City. So I love it. I'm, I'm happy to be able to be talking to you guys Hopefully, talk it some Seattle stuff. I don't get to talk very much Seattle stuff
0: in Atlanta. So, uh, thanks for having me on. Well, it's funny how it works, Eddie. We want—I want to get a little Atlanta stuff from you. So, I guess it cuts both ways. <laughs> oh, that works. And I love it how you're a big-time guy as a talk show in Atlanta, but you know, you still have a lot of Seattle. In you. you mentioned Rainier Avenue, and I—I—you I, you, haven't—you're still a regular Seattle guy, aren't you, Eddie? Oh yeah. I mean, you
1: know, you live in a place. Grew up in a place, your whole life. Uh, I lived in Seattle when I was 28, so um, that doesn't go away. <laughs> um, you know, I, haven't, I haven't lived in Seattle full-time for almost seven years now, but still, you know, you check the box score every day and see, well, it's not, not as positive right now with the Mariners, but you still check <laughs> see who they may have traded today. They've been trading everybody lately.
0: Well,
1: but I my, know. My family, lived, my, my family still lives in my family still lives in South Seattle, so uh, I'm pretty dialed. Bow- my brother actually was just texting me uh, earlier today about some stuff that he read about the Seahawks. So uh, I, I still talk about the, the Seattle sports teams all the time with my family, and when we come home, my mom still lives down in Rainier Valley. So I'm still pretty uh, pretty dialed into what's going on out
0: there. Oh, I don't mom, doubt at all. No doubt. Well, Andy, you know you mentioned you grew up in Seattle, and uh, why don't you tell us a little bit how you got the bug to go into the media and communications fields?
1: Yeah, so um, growing up in, in town and going to high school at Franklin, I remember when I was a freshman and a sophomore in high school, my stepdad would drive me to school every morning, and we would listen to the radio, and he was a big KJR listener, and... Um, Mitch in the Morning was on then, and we listened to it, and I was like, this is this is what this guy gets to do every day for a job? Like, that's that's pretty cool. <laughs> I, wonder, I wonder if I could go about trying to get in that industry. So um, listening to, to Mitch at first, and then you know, the more I got familiar with KJR, I listened to Graz and Gas, and I loved that show. And uh, As soon as I got to college at UW, I realized that I could get an internship at the station because that was basically how it worked, college credit. Uh, for an internship. So I got over at at KJR and got an internship and eventually got to end up working with Mitch in the morning on his show when he was doing his show at KJR. I produced Gras of Gas for a while, so it was pretty crazy. Like, the the guys that I listened to growing up that made me want to get involved in the industry in the first place, I ended up getting to work with them and and call friends. So it was was pretty cool. It It was it was really kind of a dream come true to ever work at KJR at the first
0: place. Oh, sure. Sounds like it's really, really pretty cool. You're able to directly work with people that were mentors and people you looked up to growing up. So Andy, I know I mentioned introduction that in 2014, you received a master's in broadcast journalism from a very esteemed school, Boston University, and you also won some journalism awards in years in Boston. So I got two questions for you, Andy. Tell us a little bit about that program and if you found your master's degree helpful at all in your day-to-day work as a sports radio host.
1: Yeah, so the program at, at BU uh, was really appealing to me in the first place because they're so focused on an actual, tangible, professional experience. So on a day-to-day basis, in, in that school when I was there, we'd be out and about doing stuff, reporting on local news, uh, going to city call events, like doing little radio call-in stuff. Like it was very hands-on. And got a chance to do a lot of different types of media. It it wasn't just radio; it was writing and television and digital stuff. And um, I mean, the reason I wanted to go in the first place was because I had been at KJF for about seven years, but I just I didn't feel like I had a whole lot of act like like um, I didn't have great fundamentals. I, I think that I was getting really good hands-on experience at the radio station day-to-day but I just found a lot of times that I felt like I didn't really know what I was doing. (laughs) I was kind of just trying to figure it out as I went so I I thought maybe I'd go back to school and get some formal training Um, and Boston was a place that had uh, a program that just the way that it sounded, it sounded really appealing and it turned out to be exactly what I was looking for as for how it applies now it has not a day goes by where I don't use at least something that I learned there. I mean, whether it's interview skills or just preparation, or if, I'm, if I need to write a script here and there, that's helpful. But the thing that's the most, that was probably most beneficial was it just, it, it really instilled a lot of confidence. Like uh, for whatever reason, uh, throughout a couple of my final years at KJR, it a I just kind of got, I got into a rut a little bit. Um, and I don't know that I ever started to really doubt myself, but it just, it wasn't as, it wasn't the same as it was when I first started there. So going to BU and getting back around people that were really excited about what they were doing and, uh, being back in a school environment, for whatever reason, it just kind of reinvigorated me. So it put me back out into the, into the business with sort of a different mentality and a different confidence. And, I mean, that's that's vital. <laughs> like, to be able to have that every day is really great. And I think that I would probably give you a
0: lot of credit for that. Well, your insights are, I think, are beneficial for many listeners. I may have a few listeners that are, are younger people interested in breaking into sports journalism. And I just think for for everybody, just kind of the benefits of getting that master's degree, I think we can see, was something that you you really appreciated. By the way, Eddie, you know, sports radio hosts come, and TV hosts, for that matter, have all sorts of backgrounds. Some are former athletes. I mean, some have no college and attend college at all, and they do good work. Do do you see, in the future, more sports radio hosts with with graduate-type degrees? Do you see any trend in that direction at all?
1: Not really. I'm the only person that has one at my station. (laughs) and I'm also the only person that has a lot of uh, massive amounts of uh, student loan debt as well. So that's the downside of doing that. Um, but no, I mean, like you said, there's a lot of different paths to it. It's just a matter of finding the one that works for you. I mean, I was able to get to KJR as a freshman in college through an internship and it was working out pretty good there. I just, you know, I just wanted to get better. So that was the the way that I wanted to go about doing it, to go get a a graduate degree. Um, for me, that was the, the path that I took and other people like, you know, Softy, Dave Softy Mahler at Seattle, he he went to a couple of semesters at Boston Oh, at Bellevue Community College. And he's one of the most famous and popular sports radio hosts in America. So, um, <laughs> you know, everybody has their own different path, and, you know, whatever works for you is, is the way to do it. But that, that's, what I, that's what I did. I, I don't know that I would recommend it to other people, but it works for me.
0: Well, you've done really well at getting that getting a gig to be a, a talk show host in, in Atlanta. Paul Schneiderman, host of Sports sure. & Stuff on Rainier Avenue Radio with Seattle native and Atlanta sports radio host Andy Bunker. So, Andy, you mentioned that you were at KGR for several years, and I remember meeting you then. You worked as a show host and a producer. You also worked at 710 ESPN Seattle as a producer and a show host. Those are the two most highly known sports stations in Seattle, and very, very talented people at both stations. Um, Did you find the stations, those two stations, different in any way with, like, programming and styles at all? Definitely,
1: yeah. There were... Not night and day, but definitely different. Um, I would say that 710 ESPN probably has more of a, you know, almost a, I mean, it is an ESPN station, so I think it has a little bit more of an ESPN vibe in that, um, I'm trying to to explain it in a a way that makes sense. Um, It was maybe a little bit more structured. I think that's probably how I would put it. Um, and I, I worked on the morning show with, with Mike Salk and, and Brock Hewer, And I also went back and worked there after I had graduated from D.E. So right. I was in a different place myself. But we just we, we had everything very thoroughly planned. And everything we were going to do, we knew exactly when we were going to do it. We wrote our teases out. And everything was over-communicated about what was going to happen when. And it was really... Thorough, I would say, um, versus KJR, which again, not to say one is better than the other, but sure. I think things were probably a little bit looser with um, when I, when I was when I was working at KJR. Uh, you know, we maybe were a little bit more lighthearted about the way that we went about a lot of topics. Maybe get off the beaten path a little bit more often and kind of kind of have some fun. And um, not not to say that Seven Ten doesn't have fun. Of course they do. But I think um, it, it felt a little bit less structured and a little bit more willing. <laughs> I'm, try, I, I'm, not, I'm trying to say it without sounding negative about either one of them, because they were both
0: amazing experiences. Right, right. Um, but I think, I, I think KJR is maybe a little bit more
1: relaxed, and 7 is a little bit more fucked yeah, up. That's probably the way that I would describe it. Gotcha. Uh, but I had a great time at both places.
0: Well, all sorts of companies have different cultures, and they can be successful in having different kinds of deliveries, so yeah, I, think, sure, uh, I think, sure. think I'm following you. Paul Sharman again on Sports and Stuff with uh, Daniel Bellis who's my engineer, with longtime broadcaster and sports media host, Andy Bunker. Gosh, Andy, we're almost halfway done already. It's just unbelievable how fast these interviews go sometimes. So, Andy, you know, I've learned more about you this week, and I learned that in July 2016, you interviewed the U.S. Olympic diving team. And produced a video of their diving practices with interviews. Uh, I like to get discussions in sometimes, Andy, on sports outside of the big American Three. Tell us about that experience in your interactions with the uh, U.S. USA diving team.
1: Yeah, it was amazing. So they were um, they were getting ready to go to the Olympics, um, and they were practicing in Atlanta. And this was right right when I first moved to Atlanta. I didn't even have a job there yet. I just luckily had a, a couple friends and a couple connections that work at USA today. So, um, I got an email from a friend of mine who was uh, one of the event coordinators at USA today. And she asked if I could possibly cover their practice, do some interviews, maybe put together a video or two from the website. Um, you know, just kind of go hang out with him for a couple of days, and I didn't know anything about diving, <laughs> so uh. I, I said yes, of course, because it sounded like a lot of fun, and anything involved in the Olympics is always going to be cool, but so I just sort of, um, well, I, I dove into research, into my research, pun intended, sorry, that was a bad joke, but so I dove into a bunch of research about diving and tried to get to know the team and tried to get to know the sport a little bit, then went out there and hung out with him for a couple of days, did some interviews, and Luckily, really we worked with a couple of really talented videographers that put the video together and made it look really nice, too. But it was cool. It was cool to be around because they so, they're also young. They're between the ages of, you know, 17 and, and 25. And some of them had been to the Olympics before, and some of them had even won medals before. Some of them had never been outside of the United States. So to be around that group of young people right before they went to the Olympics to represent their country was crazy because you could just feel the energy about them and nervousness, but also the pride. And um, It was cool. It was a really great experience. It's unlike anything else that I'd ever really done before. Uh, but I was really happy to be able to do that. I had a really good time with it.
0: Sure sounds like And those divers are such amazing athletes. When I occasionally watch Olympic oh, diving, I, I just can't get over it. It's, it's, it's just surreal watching them, isn't it?
1: Well, it was funny to watch them practice, too, because you know they would do the final product you know, jump off the high dive and do a bunch of flips and all that kind of stuff and twists and dive into the pool. But a lot of the other stuff, too, is just, you know, practicing parts of it and practicing technique. So watching them do their stretches and watching them jump off the low dive and do a part of it and uh, sort of understanding all of the stuff that goes into the final product was really cool to see, too. But you're right, man. They're incredible athletes. They're crazy flexible. That was the thing that blew me away. Just watching them stretch, right? <laughs> they, could, they, they could bend themselves
0: into pretzels. Uh, yeah, I'm a guy that can barely walk and, through my. I think a
1: couple of those guys won gold medals, too, that was pretty
0: cool. Well, I was, I was kind of chuckling at you for a second. I'm a guy that can barely walk through my condominium. So I'm seeing these divers. It's just incredible. So, and, and how flexible yeah, they as you mentioned. So, Andy, you uh, had a pretty interesting experience this year. You were a sports radio host in Atlanta when your city was hosting a Super Bowl. Tell us about any special moments that you had this year with the Atlanta Super Bowl going on when you were, had the privilege of working as a sports show host in Atlanta.
1: Yeah. Um, it was it was the first time I've ever covered a Super Bowl that was in the city that I worked in. I covered a couple of them um, as a host traveling to the city and staying in hotels and sort of being a part of it that way and being on Radio Row that way, which was fun. This one was better, though, because I got to stay at my house <laughs> and not have to stay at a hotel and right. not have to travel. But a lot of my friends from around the country who are radio hosts, wherever, work for websites or, or TV stations across around the country, were all in town. So I got to see a lot of people. got to see some KJR folks. Jason Pumpett was out there uh, with, with KJR doing his show from Radio Row. Uh, got to see a couple folks from 710 that were out there. And a handful of people that I went, to, or I went to Boston University with, who were out there covering the game. So that was really the nice part, was basically everybody came to me. I got to see a bunch of friends in town that I otherwise wouldn't have gotten to see. Uh, and as for covering the game, it was a little bit of a bummer, because I worked at the, the Falcons flagship, and the Falcons didn't even make the playoffs. So there was all this big lead-up to, oh, you know, a new stadium here in town. And the Falcons are really good, and they were in the Super Bowl a couple of years ago. Maybe they could have a great year and, and be the first team to play in the Super Bowl that's in their city. But, unfortunately, that did not happen. So, <laughs> that was that was a little bit of the negative side of it. But it was fun. It's always, it's always cool to have great big events like that uh, locally to be able to cover them. And Atlanta has had a bunch of stuff like that in the last couple of years. National Championship game was here a couple of years ago in college football. Uh, the, the SEC Championship game is here every year. The Final Four is coming next year. The Super Bowl, like you said, last year. It's been a, it's been a pretty cool... First couple years living in Atlanta because there's just so much stuff going on
0: here. No doubt. Cosmopolitan capital of the South. I've been to Atlanta once. It's a fascinating city. Paul Schneierman, host of Sports and Stuff on Rainier Avenue Radio with a Seattle native and Atlanta sports radio host, Andy Bunker. Okay, Andy, so you've been living and working in Atlanta, I think, since about 2016. And you know in the Seattle sports scene what people in the sports bars are talking about. Russell Wilson, the Seahawks, how bad the Mariners are, Husky sports, hockey coming, arena issues. You know the Seattle issues well. Well, give us a little primer on what, uh, what the Atlanta sports fans are, have been talking about lately, Andy.
1: Right now, if you walk into a sports bar in Atlanta, I think the most popular conversation would be about the young, the young players on the Braves team. Uh, Ronald Acuna Jr. is going to start in the All-Star game, coming up at a couple weeks, he's 21 years old. Yep. Uh, he's just a that dynamic outfielder, super fun. The excitement around him is uh, it, it's reminiscent of, and I don't know that it's quite the same thing, but it's reminiscent of when Alex Rodriguez came up with the Mariners back in the day and everybody just kind of knew how great he was going to be. Maybe I, I was too young to remember when Griffey first came up, but there's just, there's an incredible amount of excitement about this guy. So because that's the season that's, that's happening right now, that would be a lot of the conversation. Um, Atlanta United, man, it, it, it's crazy how popular this soccer team has gotten here in a short amount of time. And obviously, you know, being in Seattle, knowing what the Sounders mean to Seattle, worked in Portland for a couple of years, worked there the year that won the MLS Cup in Portland. So I understand what the Timbers mean to that city. I was not expecting that to be the case here, but it is. Like People are so into it. Uh, It's going to blow me away. It's very fun. Um, And then always, like you said, it's the college football capital. So you you could sit down and talk to somebody about Georgia football 365 days a year and get into a great conversation. Um, The fun thing for me is the University of Washington quarterback this year transferred from Georgia, Jacob Eason. So I get an extra excuse to talk about the Huskies a lot more often than I normally would be able to. So uh-huh. uh, that, 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 that's a lot of the stuff that people are talking about right now, but people are real fired up about the Braves.
0: And the Falcons have always been popular. I, I, some think they could be the most improved team in the NFC South this year. Any Any quick insights on the Falcons, Andy?
1: Yeah, people are excited, but I think like cautiously optimistic because they were supposed to be really good last year too. And, Injuries kind of decimated their year. Um, so, you know, hoping knock on wood, everybody stays healthy this year. They can have a much better season. But the Falcons are interesting. They're they're very popular, but people get very negative towards them very quickly. And, and it's been a lot of bad seasons. They've been around for 50 years. They've never won the Super Bowl. And they've only been to two of them. Um, but people want them to be good. People are very ready to be all in on the Falcons, but I think because they have been burned so many times,
0: it's just kind of like, all right, we'll wait, we'll see, we'll see what they look like when the season comes around, and then we'll get excited. Sounds like the Mariners a little bit, Andy. Um, Yeah, a little bit, a little bit. Paul Schneierman, host of Sports and Stuff, got about five minutes left with Andy Bunker on Rainier Avenue Radio. And uh, let me get a couple more questions in, Andy. So, uh... College football is big in Atlanta. You mentioned University of Georgia. Well, I should say throughout the whole state of Georgia. And you know the Peach Bowl is in Atlanta, the Southeast Championship Game. Tell us about Georgia Tech football. Is Georgia Tech football in Atlanta comparable to UW football in Seattle? At all? No, <laughs> no, it's
1: not. It's, it would be comparable to, gosh, I don't even know. I'm trying to make like Georgia Tech football is about as popular in Atlanta as. Bellevue High School football is in Seattle. Like, oh my god. It. And it's popular, but it's not everybody. Like it's a very specific group of people that care about Georgia Tech football. And the ones that do are diehards, but it's not anything like UGA at all. And you know, I think part of it is it's just been a little while since they've really been competitive on a national stage. I think part of it is the coach, their coaches, the, Paul Johnson was their coach for a while. He ran the triple option offense and it was really boring and it closed that school off to a lot of the great talent in the state. Um, and the other thing is, it's just, it's one of those types of schools that, I mean, it's really, and I think that they're a lot more focused on sending great engineers out into the world than they are in sending great football players into the NSL. But that might change now because they've got a new head coach named Jeff Collins supposed to be, uh, seems like he's really great. seems like he's, he's going to be able to sort of get the, the city fired up. But yeah, it's pretty amazing how, how low the level of enthusiasm is for Georgia Tech football, especially given the fact that they're right downtown. I mean, they're, right. they're a mile from our radio station, and we very rarely talk
0: about them. Isn't that it's like you know, you know, I know Georgia Tech had some great basketball teams. I mean, I'm going back. I'm a little older than you, Andy. I think about like Kenny Anderson when he played at Georgia Tech. So it's, there's definitely an athletic history there, but your insights are interesting. So, Andy, as you know, we have an NHL team coming to Seattle in two years. It's getting a lot of attention in Seattle. Back in 2011, the Atlanta thr- Thrashers moved to Winnipeg. What's your sense, Andy, in evaluating uh, whether or not people miss the NHL in Atlanta?
1: They do. Yeah, they definitely do. There's people that, that bring it up all the time. Um, I mean, it would have worked. It was just a bad ownership group. You know, it, it kind of, and I wasn't here when, when they left, but the, the way that I understand it, it sounded a lot like the the end of the Howard Schultz era with the Sonics, where, the fans were passionate about it. The fans liked it. But if ownership isn't going to do a great job promoting it and a great job of trying to keep it in the city, then there's really not anything that you can do about it. Um, Atlanta as a city, I think, as demonstrated by the way that they love their soccer, could really support anything. If there was a hockey team here that had good ownership and they were winning, the city would support it. But uh, there's bad ownership, and ultimately that led to them leaving, unfortunately.
0: Yeah, it's been about eight years now. and Atlanta's a big market, so uh, I know there's maybe not yeah. as, as big a hockey history in Atlanta as there is, say, in parts of Canada, Northeast, but that was a little bit of a surprise when they left, I suppose. But So, Andy, we got uh, less than two minutes left. Uh, tell us a little bit about what's in the future for Andy Bunker and what you're up to these days. Kids, <laughs> so hopefully.
1: That, that's, the, that's the next focus. I'm driving with my wife right now out to the coast. We got married last summer. Uh, Everything's going did at work. We just bought a house. We got a dog. So, and I don't know if she would say that's like the next thing that needs to happen. But for me, that's the next thing that needs to happen. Try to grow the grow the bunker uh, family as much as possible. So hopefully there'll be some kids in the next year or two, uh, which is, you know, obviously would be very exciting. Professionally. I don't know. We just started a new show at 92.9 The um, Game just about a month ago. Me and my co-host Randy but Michael, uh, and We're having a great time so far. I told Randy, hopefully we get to do it together for 15 years. So hopefully not a lot changes professionally in the next 15 years. If the show keeps going great and get to keep living in Atlanta and having fun and all that. But it's been awesome so far. I've been here for three years. I've I think I'm gonna be here
0: for a long time. Well, Andy, you're doing great, and we're uh, so many of your friends and family are, are proud of you uh, back here in the Northwest. And I really appreciate you stopping by Rainier Avenue Radio dot and and uh, coming on uh, sports and stuff. And I, I hope to get you back one day. There's so many more questions i like to talk to you about, but uh, it's great we can have a little little back and forth. And uh, let's you and I stay in touch for sure, Andy. Okay? Yeah, anytime, Paul. Let me know. I'd
1: be happy to, uh, to chat with you whenever you like.
0: Thanks, Jay. It was a lot of fun. You take care. Take care.